Today on the Tim Man Podcast Show, I've got my friend Michelle Greaves, lifestyle coach. Only heal it, motherfucking boss it. Yeah. So, <laughs> what is it that you do for people? I've got loads of questions I want to ask you, but let, let's just sort of like get the base for people. What is it you actually do for people? Talk to me about being a lifestyle, lifestyle healing coach. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think the main thing that I do is like we were just talking about before the podcast is like people come into this world and as they live their life, they can build like traumas and shadows and um it could be just a little thing at school that's turned into a big thing like the guy you fancy didn't kiss you or like um trouble at home with mum and dad or you build up these things over time and it's a lot easier to just do the stiff upper lip and like ignore it and get on with it be busy get yeah, I'm a job. fine I'm fine yeah. <laughs> yeah um but like what I do is we go back to that people come to me with stuff from the past that they need to just let go of so that's what we go straight into first we like dive into that and heal the stuff in the past that's blocked them from being who they are, like the truth of who they are. So like, we take off the backpack of baggage, like of trauma, we take it off. What do you mean by that? The so backpack? Like, so like over time, like we're born into the world, like as a baby, we come here like fresh, happy, pure hearted. We know who we are. Like my son, he just knows who he is. He doesn't, are we allowed to swear on the podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't give a fuck. He just, he's just himself. Um, so over time that gets squished and squished and squished like through school through like parents telling you what to do Um, your authenticity gets lost over time so like that backpack of baggage there could be things that happen over your life as like a teenager, child that you need to go back into pinpoint and then just empty them out so we dive into that deeply heal it and then it lightens a load of that bag when you say heal it what how, how do how does somebody heal something like that yes. that's traumatized them what yeah. sort of talk to me about that it's really hard to explain like it's really easy when you experience yeah, yeah. it but it's really hard to explain but it depends on the person sometimes we can use like eft so talk to me about eft yeah yeah yeah, yeah. what does that stand for eft eft is emotional freedom technique yeah so we can use that to like it's like a soft approach into like healing trauma. So it's a tapping technique yeah. that you can like tap on the trauma and like someone might be like 20 out of 10, you know, traumatized, like literally like shaking, super, super traumatized. And with EFT, you can do the tapping points, which are like acupressure points and you tap on them. Like um, there's one here and here and you tap on them while you're saying, um, although I have this anxiety, although I have this depression, it's just the way that it is for now. And you like tap through the system. And as you do it, that 20 out of 10 will come down to like, oh no, 10 out of 10, then two out of 10. And you just keep doing it until the person like calms. Um, So with some people, that's the best approach. With others, um, I also do like intuitive healing that I've just had since I was a kid. So like, since, since I was a kid, I could always, like hear my granddad, um, he passed away when I was five and I could like, I didn't know what was going on as a kid, I could just hear, you know, his guidance kind of thing and like intuition with people. So like when I tune in and have a client in the therapy room and they lie down on the bed or whatever, I get a sense for where they're blocked. 
So like usually like an X-ray of like the chakras. So like. So you're talking sort of like Reiki. A bit like I, a... I did train in Reiki, so I'm a Reiki master, but I don't really like that's what I'm qualified in, and I also did shamanic healing, but it's just more an intuitive. Yeah. feeling of what's going on for that person so like they'll explain to me a bit before but then when I tune in I might see stuff of what's happened in the past or like sense a real strong block for example like a heart like if they've had a really bad breakup I can feel the pain in the heart like my hand will go cold and I, sometimes I'll start crying like I can feel the pain you know and then you know when we finished I might even just do it for 10 minutes and I'd be like oh I could sense in your heart you had pain like a strong pain um, and then they'll share about you know heartbreak or whatever and then things that have happened in the past before that um, and then so like the first session is more of like a reading of like what's going on uh, what's the trauma what needs healing which chakras are blocked in like the x-ray are people quite open with you within that yeah are they yeah like I think the people I attract now are quite open to just they're at the point where they'll try anything. I do tend to attract people that are like... I think it's because of the frequency you're putting out there, aren't yeah. you? You're very free, Yeah. aren't you? Yeah. You know, obviously I call... Well, not don't call you dancing, but I'm like, look, Michelle, this is quite sexual, this dancing <laughs> you're doing. But you just don't give a fuck, do you? Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Right. Like, and I think people see that and go, look, if Michelle can be that free, that's what I want for myself. Yeah, I just feel like... So, like, you can have traumas as a woman, right? And, like, you could either let that or as a man as well, but like as a woman, um, I tend to work with women, like you can either become a victim and let that like squish you, squish you, squish you. Like for many years I've blocked out, I've had traumas myself and like blocked those out. But then I, I became sick for like five years because I'm squishing myself down and I'm letting that stuff sort of be like, not a victim because I would never call myself a victim, but blocked blocked in who you are kind of thing and that can make you sick like it comes out in physical yeah they're really bad like i was living in australia free wanted to be a naturopath like super super free lifestyle wanted to stay out there do uni out there and everything but then you know listen to my parents come back box room at university did business studies you know followed the quota and just became sick because it wasn't who i am it wasn't who i wanted to be it wasn't what i wanted to do in life and I think that happens for so many people, unfortunately. And, you know, traumas in the past that I had, like, um, date rape and rape is, like, that's happened to me twice. What do you mean? So being date rapes and, like, nights out and then rape. So, you know, big traumas like that, because I share, um, women will come to me with that trauma and we'll, you know, heal. I never knew that. No. No. So... Like a lot of things that have happened in my life, <laughs> I've had a lot of things happen, so I guess I can be compassionate, you know, yeah. to that woman. But also, it's like, no matter what happens to you, you can have an abortion, you can be, you can go through rape, and um, you can... That shame that comes abuse. with that, yeah. Yeah, like shame. Um, parents could have beaten you up, like anything. There's so many things. But so many people let them drag that down, um, develop anxiety, depression, like... They squish the sexiness, squish the shame, like, or no, become shameful. And I don't know, and I hate seeing that in a woman, you know, like, mm. not able to sort of just be who they want to be, like, wild and free as women. We should be able to be feminine, we should be able to be free, we should be able to be sexy and, you know, be confident in that and own it. And when I see a woman sort of, you know, lacking confidence and, you know, locking themselves in the house because they don't want to leave the house, like, depressed, like 
riddled with anxiety and they're actually a fucking angel right like I meet these clients and I'm like oh my god your, your energy is like angel energy you're like such an amazing woman yeah but I'm just full of anxiety I'm sitting at home it's like no we need to heal that we need to heal that and get you out of that and the main way to do that is heal the trauma whatever it is whether it's like a little one whether it's rape whether it's childhood trauma whatever it is heal it get rid of it and then step into your power as a, you know, as a woman. That's really meant that, mate. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? I've wanted to ask you this for a while, right? Um, and I'm, obviously, LB's made a really nice connection with you and stuff. And my sort of relationship with death, of my dog dying, that I feel like it's going to absolutely destroy me. Mm. And obviously... I want to know your, because what you've been through that with your mum. Yeah, I've been through that with my mum. Um, I lost my mum last year in February. Yeah. Fuck me. Like, you know, I've experienced traumas in my past, but fuck me, that was like huge, huge. And yeah, in losing my mum, I'd say the best thing to do with losing, you know, a parent, um, someone you care about, or, you know, even a dog, like losing my two dogs, which I lost at Christmas, that was so hard because I love my dogs like people, like you. Yeah. Like, I love my dogs the same as people, if not more. Like, so, yeah, first losing my mum, I think it'd be easy to slip into, block it out, carry on working, busy, busy, busy. And I've seen this with people 10 years, like, I've not grieved not grieved and so like my best advice for that of what I'd experienced is give yourself time like slow down the work schedule give yourself space like you've got to feel it you've got to give yourself the space to feel it and also not being too positive like I was like right I'm gonna have a good Christmas (laughs) I'm gonna have the best Christmas ever and I did I had a great Christmas but Christmas day like for me I lost my mum um and Christmas Day was like a real trigger for me because that's the day she realised she was going to die. She came out of hospital Christmas Eve and we went out for Christmas lunch and she was like looking at this picture, that collage I'd bought for her and it was all the memories of all of us with the kids and everything and she just burst out crying. She's like, I'm not going to make it, am I? And I've got that picture of her face when she realised that's it for me. So on Christmas Day a year later, going for lunch with my son or whatever and, and family, after it, I, I just, I was just weird. I was just in a weird mood and I was like, yeah, oh, here we go. You know, it's the funk of it. Like, I can feel that trigger. And did you embrace it? Yeah, did you embrace so I just, the thing? I just, um, Ollie's with his dad, I went home, got into bed for like an hour, cried, was like, so <coughs> upset, called my sister, was like, how are you doing? And that's a really good shout as well, calling someone you trust, because... Yeah, they lift you up and she's like, oh yeah, I'm feeling it. You know, but she wasn't, she was all right Christmas Day because it wasn't a trigger for her. So she supported me. Um, And then I was like, no, I'm going to get back up. I want to have like a nice evening, you know, but I really felt it deep. And I think that's the best thing you can do is like when you lose someone you love, whether it's a parent or dog or a friend or whatever, you just give yourself a space to feel it and like don't block those feelings, like embrace them more. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what I'm worried about the most is just blocking the feeling out of, you know, I, I kind of think about Buddhists and stuff like that and the detachment that they can have and just celebrate the dog's life and be happy. But I just like, I don't, it don't feel right to me that I want to do that because it, it seems yeah. really easy to do that. But like, I'm like, I need to embrace being sad, I think, and yeah. and 
kind of love being sad yeah. um, and not not be scared away from it. I just wondered, I wondered what you're related, because obviously, you know, you've been through massive loss with, with our daughter. Shout out to Dawn, I know you're listening. Oh, right. yes, love it. Yes, um, she'll be dancing. <laughs> um, I think I'm quite lucky, though, because, like I said, from when I was five, like, I always felt my granddad's presence, mm. and then I knew when my mum passed, I'd feel us all. So, yeah. you know, there's been so many times, like, me and my sister went to a spa, and, like, the lights started flicking, and we were doing cars, and one, like, flew out, and it, we read it, and it was like... You know those packets of cards we yeah, always yeah. used to do them we read it we were like oh my god that couldn't be more mum that is too weird yeah. and there was like loads of things like that that have happened like yeah. signs and and stuff yeah so i've like, got me i've got me a meditation station at home and on it um i've got the uh, necklace that she gave me oh, on nice. the second thing so i just i always kind of sort of remember when i'm doing yeah. meditation and stuff yeah exactly so like i feel it with me and it's been hard but What's been hard about it isn't really, like, mum dying, that was hard. But really, it's the other stuff around it, you know, that was actually made it a lot more stressful. Like, family and, like... Yeah. yeah I think it needs to be talked about a bit more, death, because... Yeah, I do, I do. That's why I wanted to talk to you about it. Yeah, it can be, and I think people don't want to talk about it, and it, mm. it's almost a bit taboo, the word death. Yeah. And I'm like, no, it kind of needs to be sort of celebrated in a sad way for something I just I want to be alright with it yeah. I want to be alright with being sad I think yeah 100% and like yeah we with the kids I'm really proud of how we were as well like they they wanted to see a body actually like we, we said no to that but like I wish we said yes now my son still says why didn't you let me see Nana's body yeah. and I think being real is so important like with my granddad dying I wasn't I didn't go to his funeral or nothing yeah. like I was really not included Whereas with my uh, my son and my sister's kids, they like walked down with my mum, so the boys like honoured her and walked behind the coffin carrying. Um, and like my niece, she had like flowers to give out to everyone, and they came and like just before she was buried, like they were putting flowers in for the nana, and they're tiny, they're like five, three, um, and yeah, my niece is like eight, so it was like we really involved them in the process of death and that like, we talked to them about it a few months before. Uh, me and my brother-in-law were like, how should we approach this? How should we talk to the kids about it? And I think like how we did it was amazing because we, we kept it quiet for a bit until we knew that she wasn't going to make it. And then like a month before, um, we'll say we're like, yeah, you know, Nana's really sick and we're not sure. There's still hope, but we're not sure she's, she's going to make it and things. And I think how we dealt with it was really, really supportive of the kids and, just being truthful, truthful and honest. Like you say, not being taboo. Yeah, the, the, mm. it's nice, isn't it? Because most people just keep it from the kids and yeah, the kids don't. Yeah. But you, you're saying that I don't think she's going to make it. And yeah. It's, it's What a tough conversation to have and how do you handle that? How do you deliver that? But you can't, you just got to tell the it's truth, crazy haven't you? how kids deal with, like my son, I mean, he is like an angel energy, but he was just like, Nana's fine, mummy. She's just, she's gone to the stars. She's fine. Like, she, it's all good. Like, they don't attach. Like you said, the yeah. Buddhist thing, they're detached. Yeah. They're like, yeah, Nana's... I mean, he's had the odd cry, but in general, he's at peace with it. Um, I think he, he found the dogs quite tough, though, because, you know, they're there 24-7. Yeah. But again, with the dogs, so we went down to the vets. First, my first dog, Monty, had two golden retrievers, twins. Yeah. And my first dog, Monty, got cancer just before Christmas. Again, cancer, so all cancer. And he's nine, so it was really unexpected. Um, and he just got really, really sick. And it's like a hard thing to do. A lot of people, you know, are saying, oh, you need, you should keep him alive, blah, blah, blah. But I know my dog, he was sick. 
and I'm not gonna, you know, do that to him if he's suffering. I'm gonna, you know, put him to sleep because I knew that was the best thing for him. Um, and I took my son with me. So we went to the vets um, and he came in, said goodbye. And then he, he left to go to the reception. I asked him, do you want to stay for lethal injection or do you want to go out? And I described to him what it'd be like. Like the vet said they can like get jerky and do a big deep breath or something. And he was like, no, I want to wait in reception. So he waited. Um, and then I did the lethal injection bit. And it was actually one of the most beautiful things I've seen, like hard, but also really beautiful because, you know, you're having that cuddle and they're really like sleepy. Yeah, he's, he's triggered me, you saying that. Really? You know? Yeah, really, has triggered nice. me saying it. Yeah, yeah. My, my first dog I took to the RSPCA to be put down um, and, and the guy came out, took him and just went and I didn't have to say it. I didn't no have a chance way. to say goodbye. Oh, yeah. God, that's awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's about how death is yeah. managed. And again, it's like, you've got to talk about it. It needs to be a nice setup. You know, like, yeah. we talk about birth. Like, oh, how do you want to have your birth? What's your birth plan? What's What do you want? But like that is so traumatic for you because mm. you didn't get that, like, moment with your dog mm. before he or she, was it he or she? He. He. Yeah. Before he went. So he was just gone. Yeah, it fucked me up, man. <sighs> but the mushroom showed me that. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, that, that it was praise still, I was still praise the mushrooms. Yeah, um, yeah they, just that it traumatized me that. Yeah. And I, I didn't th- think of anything of it. And I'm like, look, I know I need to deal with that. I've got to need to be all right with yeah. that. Yeah, well, the thing that shook me up most about my mum, I wasn't there at the end. Me and my sister weren't called. So, right. um, yeah, when she was in her last moments and on morphine, we, we, didn't, we didn't know about it. So we weren't told. And that was probably the hardest thing I found in losing my mum was not being able to say goodbye, like you said with your dog, yeah. like you should be, whether it's a vet, whether it's, you know, stepdad, whatever, yeah. like you should be in the loop, yeah. you know, with, <laughs> with, with that, do you know Fucking what I mean? Hell, it just goes right through my body, I'm just like, yeah. I, I keep thinking that dog was with me all my life, every step of the way, in the last moment I wasn't with him. Exactly, yeah, but the dog, but he would have been fine, what was his name? Shiny. Shiny? Yeah. Oh, cute. Yeah, yeah. But he would have been fine, because dogs just know, they just, I mean, yeah, the vet yeah. said, well, when Monty went, it just, he just went so quick. Like, mm. he was just gone. She's like, wow, he went really quick. Mm. And I bet yours did too, because they just, as soon yeah. as they're ready to go, they just fly animals. Yeah. Because yeah. they just, they don't have the attachment like us. Yeah. So you think you did the right thing? Yeah, I definitely did yeah, the right yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I know that, but I was just Why like... Why didn't the vet let you go with them? I don't know what it was. It, yeah. Look, I'm going to, I'm like going to, I'm going to call it a gift. It like maybe rushed, maybe yeah. saw that I was kind of walking around the shop with him pretending yeah. I was looking for things because I didn't want to watch and I think maybe the guy knew yeah. it's just like this he's going to be he's going to be he might traumatise me actually yeah. doing it so that's what he did for me it's so quite, I'm, it is quite yeah, tough yeah, yeah, being yeah, yeah, yeah. there seeing it as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah like for when I put Maya down it's tough the Monty I was alright with because I knew it was his time and boys are a bit more obvious aren't they like man yeah. flu and all that he was just like Ugh, you yeah. know on the floor and I was like right but then when it came to Maya, she had exactly the same blood results, cancer, exactly the same as her twin brother. Yeah. And she was so sad. She just wouldn't, she wasn't going to recover after Monty. Like yeah. she wasn't ill and she became sick, which shows the power of emotions, like yeah. making us poorly. But like with her, she was trying to mask it. So even though I could tell, because I knew her, she was really poorly. She was trying, trying not to show it. Yeah. It's like on the day I was like, oh my God, am I doing the right thing? Like I knew I was deep down. Um, and then when they gave her the lethal injection, she made, used to make this noise, like a little growl noise, like, or something like that. And um, she went to sleep 
and then when my son came in to see the body, she did that. It's like she let out her last breath, and it was that noise. And she's like, ah. And then Ollie was like, what? That's crazy, mom. Like she just did that noise, and and um, yeah, it was really beautiful. So I think it's feeling the emotions around death, but also seeing it as like it's yeah. a beautiful thing, and we shouldn't be attached to it. And like let souls fly and um let souls fly yeah like let that. souls fly and like not hold on too much you yeah know? yeah i do mm. that i do that i know i'm gonna do that but i don't want to do that i need to let his soul fly when, yeah. it's, when it's time you just call me i can do it <laughs> so when, when you when you what, what sort of people are you attracting then what frequency are people getting drawn to you you know yeah, what, what like, sort of clients are you, are you working with beautiful energy people yeah. right now it's really nice like women that have like a super strong angel beautiful energy but then it's just trapped with how society sort of yeah, like yeah, influence yeah, yeah. them over time you know um yeah they're the ones i'm attracting at the minute and is that what you love doing the most what is it that you out of everything that you do what is what is it? Are you yeah, are I you love, doing this? It's like Michelle Greaves's why that you don't want anybody to feel like you felt. Um, my why is I want them to feel how I felt. Like I want them to feel the trauma that they've experienced, hundred percent. Like feel it because that's the only way to heal it. But like I don't want to see women not in their power. I want to see women in the power and bossing it, life. You know, living life and being happy because. Yeah, what is that? What is happiness? What is what is that for you? When when someone's happy, what is that? Just living life how you want to. Like you said before, you're having like a date day every day. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. just living life how you want to live it and what works best for you. And like, you know, I'm a mum, I've got a five year old, a lot of my life is dedicated to my son. But I choose to have a property business so I can wing it a bit and have my time free for the school run. And then do the therapies um, with women because I love it and it fills my heart with like joy and peace. Um, and like I love dancing and cooking, so I just to throw that in there. And yeah, yeah like I love, you know, I never thought I'd be a football mum that gets up like eight, you know, at, at football for 8.45 on the weekend. Like we missed it this weekend. I was like, oh damn, I love going football. So it's like rolling with life and yeah, rolling with the punches and like rolling free and like living the life how you want to rather than like this is how you should live it what is it like being a single mum um what's the what was that transition of were you married yeah and married. then you got a divorce yeah and then when you became that single mum was that the start of your journey becoming that what was and what was the start of the journey yeah yeah there was like two steps in it really so like the first step um I was living it free, so I just got on a plane, moved to Australia when I was 18. Yeah. Um, I was with an Australian boyfriend at the time, I just wanted to go. As soon as I was free, you know, I passed my driving test instantly, like 17, I was like, let's go, you know. So I just got on a plane, went to Australia, and I just, I couldn't believe it, like going out of that Cheshire bubble, where yeah. I'm from, of like, you know, design handbags and all that. I always felt not in with that, like a girl's, I went to a private girl's school, and I was just like, oh doesn't feel like me yeah then when I go to Australia I was like ah oh, this feels like me you know meeting people from all over the world and like I'd work I worked for six months there then traveled like New Zealand Bali on my own so just went on my own or met a girl um that I worked in a bar there like met a girl there and we traveled together and just met people from all different cultures and I was like wow I love this life and everyone was so fit and healthy in Australia at the time and I was like oh my god like naturopathy was really big over there I was like I love a natural healing this is what I want to do in my life 
Um, so I think the first step was in when I didn't listen to that. So then when I moved back and went to Manchester and listened to like, you know, what my why parents... Did you, why did you move back? I kind of spoke to my parents about it. I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. I but Dawn stay. said that to move back. She was, she was quite, she was a bit different back then. Oh, was she? Yeah, she sort of like went on quite a spiritual oh, right, journey right, and right, stuff. Oh, right, 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 Yeah, because she was a quite successful businesswoman before. Yeah, the, yeah right, so okay. she was quite businessy. I, I can't, I can't remember properly, like, yeah. the reason, but when I mentioned it to my dad, uni was quite expensive to do abroad as well. So it was like, that's going to cost loads of money. You're probably better off coming home. I don't know, maybe they missed me. Everyone has their own projections, don't they? Yeah, yeah. But they, they were like, no, you need to come back to, you know, uni. I couldn't afford to do it over there. Um, and also, you know, naturopathy, back then it's well known now. Back yeah. then, naturopathy was like, what, what the fuck's naturopathy? Yeah, yeah, they yeah, knew yeah. in Australia, but England, it was just like, no, we need to do a proper degree, you know. So moved back, did the proper degree. And I'm kind of glad I did because I met all these dad at uni. I wouldn't have had my son if I'd not flown back. Um, but yeah, just the way, I love business. Like, I love business. But the way the university degree was at the time was like, boring it was like so structured and like it was just repeating articles back in exams and I was like well I can do that that's easy but it turned into like a lot of like party and drinking rather than like actually exciting business if it was actually what you were studying was interesting I would have loved it but it felt like I was just like navigating away from who I was yeah you're basically not getting fulfilled or no, no meaning to I'm your living life. in a box room I've gone from surfing beaches in Byron Bay yeah. And living free to so like this tiny little room I was just like oh this isn't for me yeah. so I, it started off like I think I got IBS then underactive thyroid polycystic ovaries like was told I couldn't have kids like my whole health just plummeted like drastically um, and then I fainted at the wheel of my car in second year just passed out I kept fainting all the time it's like my body just gave up on me crashed my car on my granddad's day that he died and weirdly I'd had my washing that I'd done at uni in the back and it like flew in front of me. My airbag didn't go off, but it flew in front of me. Like I crashed at like 60, like it was... Fuck. Yeah, and I think he saved my life because all my washing flew in front of me and, and my windscreen smashed. I had like glass in my throat, but I survived. And my mum showed me a picture of the car and I was like, geez, like I'm lucky to live. So after that, I just thought, fuck this, like, my health, you know. That was that pivotal point, yeah. you were like... Yeah, so that was the first step, was, like, this crash. After that, I was like, right, you know, I need to get healthy. I need to get back to where I was. So on this, like, journey of, like, tried everything, nutrition, meditation, um, probably went too strict on the nutrition front for a while to try and learn about it. And then the thing that healed me was emotions. It was emotional stuff, you know, like, going back to heal things in the past that's what how did you do that um so i'm trying to remember like at the time i think i was working with like a therapist at the time and we went back and um went back to traumas and healed them in the moment which is what i do now as well i didn't discuss that bit um where you like close your eyes and go back to that trauma and we forgive the person and we go through it at the time a bit like mushrooms yeah, i yeah, guide yeah, yeah. it without the mushrooms right um it's hard to explain but easy to experience and that was the first step. And then lived life, went to London, was working on a horse yard. Like, um, I did like a nutrition degree for a little bit because I wanted to learn more about nutrition. Met an ace Brazilian friend and we like lived totally free in London. Lived together and like we'd make pancakes and like, I don't know, it just felt like living free again. More like me, you know. Um, and I loved working on that horse yard as well. There's like 21 horses I was looking after. So I got back to myself, moved to Cornwall for a year. It was like total healing journey. 
And then I realised that there was more stuff. Probably over um, after the divorce, um, I did heal a lot of trauma then as well. I started doing EFT sessions then. So I did like EFT sessions online because I was like a busy single mum. Like I had my son all the time, like day and night. So the step two and like, you know... When you, sorry, when you got married um, to the fella, did you lose yourself or was that a good connection with that person? It was a good connection. So it was like, we were together 10 years. Yeah. And it was a great relationship. Like we had good vibes and... Yeah. Yeah, we got on really well. Like 10 years, it was amazing. Right. Um... We probably argued once a month, you know, when I asked you on or whatever, but that's normal. And then, um, yeah, I loved him to pieces. Like, we were good, really good. Um, And so we had, he proposed and we had Ollie and we thought thought it was forever, you know. We did split when we were in London because we met at uni, so it was quite young. So we were like, oh, do we want to be together forever? We're not sure. So we split for a year. And then we decided to, you know, give it a proper go. And, um, yeah, we just... It was that that wedding was amazing. Like we had it in Ibiza, had like Hendu out there just before the wedding. Mm-hmm. My sister organised it, and then um, the wedding party was just it was all flow. So because we were in flow and in love, like yeah. everything just flowed. Like it was the best week ever. Like it was just amazing. But then after that, had Ollie. Um, the birth was quite traumatic. That was quite a traumatic day, um, and. Yeah, I think the first three months were all good, but then his dad just, he just changed as a person. Like, he wasn't the person that I knew. He started to hate and resent me, um, and he just completely switched to the person that I married and fell in love with. So he left when Ollie was six months, um, and that was a really hard year. You know, like, taking it to lawyers, divorce, like, about money. Again, like, death, it's all the other stuff around it. Him leaving wasn't the problem, but the rest. So it was really challenging because we had like six properties together as well that we built a business together. Um, So we had to, you know, do all the legal documents on that. And it's, yeah, it was hard. And yeah, at the time, like managing all those properties, like all the tenants within them, he he just walked away from it all and um, decided he wanted to start a new life. So I had like a 60 month old baby had to take on this business and make money for us. So I was meant to be on a year's maternity at that point. So I was like, shit. And I was in a big country house. I had two horses, two dogs. So I was like, fuck. And it's like one of those things in your head where you're like, right, I could be a victim and cry the single mum thing here. Or I say, fuck this. This is the life I want. So I felt it. You know, I was crying on the kitchen floor. I'd put sad songs on. So I the songs on. I'd be crying. I'd feel all the emotions. But in the back of my mind, in my spirit, it's I'm doubling my income next year. You know, I'll take on these properties and then I'm going to double it. You know, so... Where does that come from? I don't know. It's just in you. It's in me, yeah. You know, my dad and my mum, they both have it, though. Yeah, your mum were ruthless, weren't she? Like, they both just believe they can make whatever they they wanted. They could could have a life of their dreams, they can do whatever they want, and money is never an issue. So I was raised that you can do whatever you want like that. So I'm thankful for... But you still got it in you. It's in me, yeah, 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 yeah. it's in me. That fire... Mm, it's just there and it's like what I don't what I can't stand in people is like when they get so lost in the head or emotions they're just swimming and sort of like victim and I love helping people get out of that because it's just like no you don't need to all you need is that inner fire of like okay I'm in a shit position right now but you at the end of the day you're the only one that can get you out of it get you out of that um 
you know, pain and, and sadness. And I'm getting quite a lot of people that have just broken up relationships at the minute as well, which I like working with because I've been there. Um, but yeah, it was tragic. And that was probably the hardest year of my life was after that divorce because I had I was up all night with my son and had him all day and was trying to manage a business. Brutal, wow. Yeah, and then um, he's a nursery. I started him in nursery when he was one, like... Um, a day a week and two days a week and then had therapies two full days of therapies two days a week and then I was working in a cafe as well because I was like I need to bring it you know it's ex- it's expensive like nursery fees and all that um but I did you just, you just gotta like I think flow with life and just um if you can flow and roll with life and keep that in the fire that's how you can be bossy so what how long did that sort of last for until you found Michelle again to a, that the spiritual side, of Michelle? How long did that yeah, last for? Yeah, I think probably a year. I had like fuck off on my forehead to like right. all men. I was like, no. <laughs> and it was just like, I had a Saturday. So he was with his dad on a Saturday day. Yeah. And I'd like dress up nice because I was just in, you know, like no makeup, mum clothes, like you're just all about your kid breastfeeding. So Saturdays was like, right, I'm putting on a nice dress or jeans and wearing what I want and just went to a cafe and wrote books. I did a lot of writing then, you know. So I was like writing like poetry and raps and getting my emotions out. I forgot about your raps. Yeah, Yeah, I forgot about that too. I only just remembered. So I was like getting it out through words and I was like, go to a cafe, I'd see people I know and I'd write my book and I'd have nice food and that was my Saturday. So like, I think the self-care having that one day like was just everything and then... I did the EFT session, so whenever I felt like, oh my god, the pain's too much, like I called, booked a session, dived into it, healed it. And in doing that, all the traumas came up, like the rape one, for example, I just blocked that. Like I'd forgotten about that in my life until the pain of, like you said on the mushrooms, until the pain of that divorce. I think sometimes it can bring up other stuff to heal. Yeah. So I was healing then some older trauma. How do you, how do you heal something like that? It's not that hard, that's what I mean. And this is what, like, some people can stay wrapped in that for a whole lifetime. But first of all, admitting it, um, doing this happen, actually seeing the event happen again in your mind's eye, um, f- like, f- forgiving the person that's done it, um, you which you can. And going back to that moment, you can go back to that moment and with the right therapist or person with you, you can heal it, like in your mind's eye like doing like doing something like shamanic like mushrooms or something you just go into it feel all the pain um and then you can move move past it and I think my favorite clients like you said before was like you know people that have been through big stuff like that like you know young girls that that's happened to helping them um heal that and then them live life you know them to live the life of their dreams and just let it go and it not hold them back like that's that's yeah I can tell when you yeah that's the best thing yeah your eyes when you're talking that yeah so it it took you sort of a year to get out of that and you kind of or can find Michelle a little bit again you're feeling a bit like yourself again where you're free and stuff yeah what's your relationship now with men like good yeah Yeah. I've seen someone now it was good vibes Yeah. yeah yeah I feel like I'd say like after the birth, so the birth was very traumatic and like as a woman, um, it took a while to get over that. Like I had to do a lot of physio, um, yeah. my abs like ripped. Um, I had to do a lot of physio and training to get my body back 
Yeah. And, you know, six years later, I'd say it took like a good four years yeah. to fully get it back, which is hard, like, as a woman. So even though, like, you know, your, your ex-husband did that to you and left you and you've got, like, obviously trust issues around that, how do you get over something like that where some, you know, that you know that anybody can yeah, kind of change? Question. Yeah, because he, so when he left, you know, he was on the Bumble Tinder, blah, blah, blah. It's like the usual story, yeah. isn't it? Um, so, you know, for me, when he went down that route, like we were trying to work it out and he, I found out he was, you yeah. know, seeing someone else on Tinder or whatever, asked him about it. And when I got, you know, when I had the truth of that, for me, I had a trip to Florida books with my son to see my dad. And I said in my head, as soon as I got on that plane, the door shut and I'll never look back ever. So like, for me, it was, you've got to close the door. Like you've got to close the door on it. Otherwise... And I think, I'm, I don't know what it is. It's like that fire thing. Once something's shut, it's in the past for me. It's gone. And that's it. I never look back. Only forwards. So, like, then it was moving forwards. And, like, I dated a couple of guys. Like, after the year, I dated a couple of guys. And it's hard because if you've had a really loving relationship, like, that was, like, 10 years and it was really, really good, you're obviously going to compare to that or better. So, for me, I'd date and I'd be like... Mm nothing's really comparing to that or better yeah so a lot of people do yeah. that though don't they yeah but you're just natural isn't it it's natural so like and and really it was my standard it's like it has to be as good as that or better yeah. or i'm not gonna let that person in because i've got my son so i dated a guy for a year um you know what to move in all that kind of thing and then i was just like no because i don't love him and it wasn't that you know, it wasn't... That soul connection. Yeah, it wasn't that soul connection. And it wasn't... I wasn't settling for less than love, basically. So I don't think I let it diminish that. I think I was really lucky to experience love because once you've experienced it, like, yeah, that's what you that's what you should go for. Like, I don't know. Yeah, aim high kind of thing. How do, how do you help people? Because, like, obviously it, it's, a, it's a big trust issue isn't it somebody's betrayed you yeah they've been in your life for 10 years yeah you've got that soul connection and then all of a sudden they just betray you mm. it's like how do you you've got that fire in you to shut that door and kind of go look not, fuck it. yeah i know but you've yeah. got that within yeah. you how do you help other people get to that mm. um like you've got to first of all like heal all the pain so like you know that year it wasn't easy yeah. I felt it you know yeah. I felt the pain and I found my own way to sort of process that pain mm. and it's different for everyone like it's have you got to forgive him oh 100% yeah 100% that's what people have got to do is basically forgive in order to move on yeah well I think it's learning to I think women do this quicker than men it's like me and my ex and I'm experiencing this with clients as well I think men block it out for a while. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying everyone, just majority of what I've seen so far. Whereas women feel it straight away. Yeah, I, I mean, we talked about this yesterday. We, um, and I'm just like, I, I just give it stiff fingers, mate. I'm just running. Right, see you later. Yeah. Like, I just don't deal with it. Just like, block it out, see you later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cut it out. Just like dead pathetic. It's the man like, thing, whatever, it? yeah, yeah. And so I think, so like, women come to me after a breakup they're like yeah but he's moved on he's really happy he's with someone else and he's living his best life blah 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 blah. yeah um you know my ex did too and i think as women it can get into that trap of like oh no like they you yeah. know i'm worrying about that obsessively yeah but if you just like no i blocked you know block social media see you later if he's out he's out like his family everyone in a nice way but you know bye you've got to close that door so the first step is close the door 
And then the second step is feel the pain. And I think for men, it, that comes a bit later. Or, you yeah. know, if they're spiritual and connected, yeah, 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 you, yeah, can, yeah. you can face it yeah, sooner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as women, they seem to naturally just experience it straight, straight up. Away. Straight yeah. up. So I'm just there as a support while you feel that pain. And then when they're ready, it's like, right, who are you? Like, what can you do to get back to you? Is it traveling? Is it like dancing? Is it the gym? Is it, you know, what can you do for you? And get that self-care back in, like the date days and stuff. Yeah. Get that back in, um, heal all the pain. And then it's like, right, what do you want next? You know, and with women, it might be that they want kids or they want, you know, they want a full relationship. It's like, but if you're swimming in that, you're never going to get that. So it's just healing the pain, closing the door, and then looking looking to the future. Tough shit, that, isn't it? It's just like the <laughs> yeah. trust issues, like, and it's just getting over that. You know, you, you can't, you've got that on your back now. You're like, that per- someone, I'm going to another relationship, that person's going to do that to me again. Yeah. You, you kind of got that in the back of your head. It's like, how do you let go of that? How do you let go of the fact that, that another person could do that to me again. Yeah, well, they could, couldn't they? I mean, you've got to just dive in anyway. Like, anything can happen in life. We've only got one life. Like, yeah, someone might cheat on you. Someone might go with someone else. Like, what are you going to do? Just never love because of that. Missing out on a lot there. <laughs> true that, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I've never looked at it like that before, just embracing Embrace the fact that it. it could happen to you again and yeah. be all right with it. Yeah. And... I mean, hopefully not, but you can't control it, can you? You can't control no. it. So, what's the what's the biggest thing that you've learned through doing everything? Like through my journey, or yeah, yeah. Like, through yeah. your journey, through my journey, the biggest thing I've learned is to have your own fucking back. Like, have your own back. If you're like that year after the divorce, it was so lonely because, and I hear this a lot with women, like it was so lonely because I was in with my son every night, and I'm quite a out there kind of person I like going out like you know chatting to people it was lonely and I'm just so happy that I went through that because by experiencing that loneliness being alone a lot it was only me that could have my own back so like yeah the biggest thing I learned was having my own back being strong on my own I know I can do anything and that's a good place to be in if somebody wanted to book in with you yeah how did they do that? Um, so I have like recently, it was social media, but I've recently been off it like the last three weeks. But like usually Messenger or Instagram or email. It's just at Michelle Grease. Yeah. And the website is www.michellegrease.co.uk. Dot uh, com. Dot com. Yeah. And they can just book on with you. Yeah, or Instagram. Coming for a session. Instagram message or through websites. Good. Yeah. Book a one to one. Good that, weren't it? Yeah. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I like your real your insights into things, mate. I don't think we've ever talked on this level did before, go, have we? Did we go way off topic or was it alright? I don't know. <laughs> it just fucking flowed. Yeah. The best thing to do is kind of flow in it, but yeah. your way of looking at it. I just I saw in your eyes then when you started talking about helping girls out. Oh my god. That I, you, I, 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 I know a particular I'm, girl in mind. I know, I know. Yeah. It, it's cool because like I can see it in you because I know that you don't want people to feel how you felt. You want to feel it, but not ever be like how you was in that moment. And that just like, yeah. I would like that. It's such an amazing brand purpose, that. Yeah, it is. And I don't think I'd realise that till this conversation. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like, 
and I wanted to mention the rape thing, things like that, because it's like, well, if no one mentions it, and it's not going to get talked about, is it? Or no. those women won't be like, oh, I want to work with you. I want to actually face that. I'll finish the podcast off. Oh, um, book out with Michelle, everybody. She's fucking amazing. Um, what is the dancing thing? Why the dancing thing? Just before I shut the podcast off, why the dancing? Why the dancing? Yeah, why the dancing? <laughs> it's a big part of you, isn't it? Oh, it's huge. Like, yeah, I suppose um, when I went to Australia, I was like, I don't know whether to share this or not, looking inside of me. <laughs> like, no, there's no editing. It's going in. Oh, God. Well, um, so... I was like doing, you know, jobs like, yeah. to be fair, the pay was pretty good there, like $20 an hour or whatever, like for yeah. bar work, catering. But then I started traveling, spent the money pretty fast. And then as you travel the coast of Australia, there was loads of like wet t-shirt competitions. Yeah. So I was just like, well, that's like 700 pounds, you know, I want to, I want to get that. So I just entered myself into them all down the East Coast and you can see that's trashy or, you know, I just wanted to make a bit of money. I don't think you give so, a shit, do <laughs> I didn't give a shit. So I picked my song and I just got on the stage and started dancing. Um, and then obviously they put water on your t-shirt, big deal. And then you win the money and take it. So like, I was just like, fuck it. And it was fun. And I like think since then I've always just loved music and like moving my body and yeah. getting in the feminine and just... Yeah, just being sexy, wild and free and, and dancing to me, like, it gets you in your body as a woman and also gets you in that sort of feminine, sexual energy. And I think it's good, good to be in that as a woman. Thanks, Michelle. Yeah, no Thanks worries. For oh, thanks for having me on here. It's been really nice. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.